0: Hi, this is Amber, and welcome to today's podcast. So, the website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org, all one word. I am a Reiki master and a shamanic practitioner, and those of you that are new to these podcasts, I focus on core wound healing, life purpose work, sacred union work, plant medicine aftercare. Um, And one-to-one sessions as well as readings. I've been running my own healing practice since around 2007. uh, And I've worked with teachers from around the world, both in Reiki, shamanism and plant medicine. Um, So first, before I go into the main body of this podcast, I just want to say thank you to everyone who listens in and all of your emails and your support. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I love it. Um, please keep keep the emails coming. Let me know how you're getting on, any topics that maybe I haven't covered or any areas that you feel you know, in your healing journey that you'd like to know more about. Um, some of you have asked how you can support the work. There is a donations button on the website. So if you go to the website and click the drop-down menu on the home page, the home button there's a donations button there and you can donate as much or as little as you feel called to. All of the podcasts are free, but you know, obviously the creation of them and the hosting of them and all of that costs. So any money that you put in to supporting the work goes back into creating more work and obviously honours my time and my energy, which I give for free. And um, it's lovely to be honoured and respected when you do this kind of work. So thank you. All right, today's podcast, I don't want to I don't want it to be too long, um, she says in advance, because um, it's really something that I do one-to-one with clients. But um, I've been getting a lot of emails and feedback from, from clients um, around anxiety and how to manage it. And this is something that I definitely 100% when I'm in session, you know, this is the stuff that we look at and we look at. Uh, personalised programmes about how you can address your anxiety, why it's coming up, what it's about, and so forth. And there isn't a cure-all for it, is what I'm going to say. You know, I I can't give you the expert opinion on anxiety. I'm not a psychotherapist, I'm not a doctor, I'm not going to prescribe you a pill. And therefore it's very dependent on the person who is experiencing the anxiety and why they're experiencing it. But what I can give you is my um my feedback as a healer working with clients for a number of years um for over 10 years and also as just my own sort of personal journey with anxiety so I sometimes share in session but I have absolutely no issue with sharing uh publicly with you all of the listeners that um I still get anxiety and I probably have done from a really young age and I managed it in lots of different ways so um I I uh I predominantly got anxiety if you look at like the root causes of it through as I've mentioned in the bullying podcast you know I had a I experienced a lot of bullying when I was at school when I was very young but I also grew up in quite a unhealthy home there was a lot of dysfunctional behavior there was a lot of violence and um I spent a lot of my time not knowing if I was going to get beaten you know I didn't know if I was going to get hit I didn't know if something was going to happen to me that day, that night um, and it that creates a level of uh, anxiety in you that you live with 24-7 because your home is meant to be a safe space. So I think anxiety became my default mode of being and I never really realized what it was until much later on in my life um, when it just sort of overtook me and I found that If I was going into meetings um, or I had interviews, I was just, like, just floored by the level of um, fear that was coming up in me, you know. And And I would do all the usual things. I would take rescue remedy and at the time I smoked, so I would have a cigarette and I'd have a cup of tea and, you know, obviously not good things for anxiety, but I would do all these things that I thought would help calm my nerves and none of them worked. And the only thing that did work in the end was me cutting out all the things that were just making it worse and actually turning to meditation and Reiki and yoga and all of those great things that I now spend a lot of my time doing. So I I self-medicated my anxiety, as a lot of people do, with um, drugs and alcohol, with cigarettes, um, with keeping very busy um, and with sort of upping it. So if the anxiety levels were quite high, like eight or nine, I would have to up it in terms of my energy levels. And what this meant was, um, I brought a lot of energy into a room and that was great sometimes, but sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes it was too much. Sometimes it was too much, too much intensity for the room or the person or the project that I was involved in. What it also meant was that the people around me didn't really Ever get to know me because what they got to know was this kind of hyped up version of me that was covering up her deep fear and anxiety. I couldn't show that because I feared if I showed that, then I would be judged or rejected or ridiculed in some way. And I think a lot of people who suffer anxiety feel that. They feel that if they were to actually pour their heart out to you and say, you know, I'm feeling this, that they're going to get shunned. And that's because as a society, we shun people when they're in lower states, you know, lower vibrational states, because we think it's catching in some way. We don't create open forums for people to talk about their feelings. We judge it, um, especially so in the UK. And then later on, uh, when I went to university, I started therapy for the first time. And um, it was counselling. And I found that, you know, going into counselling was was useful, but it also sort of opened the floodgates to all these things I'd never talked about before and I started getting uh, a lot of anxiety and I started getting panic attacks and I went to a really really competitive university and you know your education was key so to kind of calm all their students often they would prescribe antidepressants so I was put on antidepressants while I was at university I was 19 or 20 and um they were just wrong for me. I mean, I, you know, I've always had a sensitivity to chemicals and they were just wrong for me. And they just made things worse. They kind of deadened me, but they also made things worse. And I then managed my anxiety by self-harming. So I used to cut myself. And I don't have shame in talking about this, although I know that there is shame around this subject matter still. And I still see I still see young people, ugh, older people sometimes with, you know, um, marks on their body where they've cut themselves and the shame around it. So I I sort of gladly talk about this in case there's anyone out there who resonates with this. I want you to know that you're not alone. There's nothing to be ashamed of. And I'd like to explain my story so that you could better understand maybe what's happening for you. So cutting myself was about a release. I sort of found that because I'd created this persona where I had to be amazingly happy and together all the time and no one in my life really knew how what I was experiencing like what was going on for me inside and how terrified I was of the world there was no release for all these emotions I had a few releases like um my creativity was a release my art was a release uh, getting drunk was a release drugs were a release um Hanging out with my friends and having a laugh, that was a release. But it never really got to the core of it. And I remember the first time I cut myself, I felt like I could finally breathe. That I'd been suffocating for all these years. And at the moment that my, my that blade hit my skin and the blood came out, I could, I could finally breathe. Um, and then you have that, that euphoria where you feel great. And all these endorphins, I guess, are kicking into your body. Um, And then the shame kicks in and then it's it's a crashing low. Um, But there's something about that release that really helped my anxiety. Now, obviously, I'm not telling anyone out there that that's the way to manage your anxiety. But what I'm doing is voicing the ways that we try and self-medicate our anxiety when we don't know any better. Um, And it took therapy and it took um, really good friends, really amazing friends who didn't judge me, who loved me who allowed me to do what I needed to do and it took creativity for me and the arts and the expression of my feelings through the arts in a constructive way and goals and things that I was passionate about and um, projects that, that sort of saved me. I mean, my art kind of saved me. It was my goal. It was the thing that got me out of harming myself because I wanted to be professional. I wanted to be together. I wanted to be, you know, available for the work. All of these things took me out of that place and I've never looked back since. Um, And then over the years, yoga, meditation, mindfulness, Reiki, um, all of the things that I talk about, all of those things have assisted me and helped me. Although occasionally, even now, I can find that when things are very stressful, I will go into that sort of panic state. I won't have a full-blown panic attack, but I will go into that state where my heart is racing and... um, It's sort of overwhelming and I've learned to manage that in many different ways and these are the things that I would like to take you through that might assist you. So one of the first things that I've realized as me experiencing the anxiety is that it's really important to, in that moment, not judge yourself and to do the things that make you feel good. So one of the things that I tell my clients when we talk about these sort of states that we can fall into is before, when you're in a good state, right? When you're in a good place, make a list of the top 10 things that you love to do and that make you feel good and that especially help you when you're feeling anxious. So it could be having a nice bath, cooking a nice meal, seeing your friends, watching your favorite um, DVD, listening to a piece of music, it could be something creative like painting or dance or singing, whatever it is, Like make that list. If you need to, laminate that list and put it up on your wall somewhere, somewhere where you can easily access it. Because when you're in your anxious state, you're not going to be able to find it. You won't know where you put it. It'll make you more anxious. So put that list up somewhere or save it on you know your hard drive or on your phone or whatever um and this will be your emergency list this is your SOS list so that when you're feeling anxious and you don't know what to do you have that list that you can turn to and do something on that list just one thing cook an ice meal have a bath listen to a piece of music you know and if it helps you make that list really extensive for yourself so you could say you know listen to this track um or you could say you know run your bath but remember to add this essential oil or something like that like make it really specific for yourself. The second thing that I often advise in in sessions with clients is once the anxiety has subsided is to start to track the root of it. Now people will often say oh I'm anxious because I don't have money or I'm anxious because I've lost my job or I'm anxious because I split up with someone or someone you know someone in the someone I know has passed away or whatever it is and yes a lot of times those are very valid reasons to feel anxious but when the anxiety becomes overwhelming and it's taking you over so you can't think clearly and you can't move forward that's because it's triggering something deeper in you and so the thing to do is is to kind of park what's just happened park that there isn't money in your bank account or there isn't you know, um, a job or whatever it is, and actually ask, what, what is being triggered in me? So often for, for clients who are experiencing anxiety, like losing a job or money or a relationship ending, it's not really that thing that's happened that's creating such a huge wave of anxiety, it's what it's reminding them of. And oftentimes it will remind them of something that's happened in their childhood, of something that is unresolved and that's the gift of anxiety because you can start to address that and the more you address that core wound the more the anxiety will actually lessen and it means that the next time something turns up in your life that is a potential trigger you're not going to be triggered so extensively in the same way you'll get a better handle on it and that's why the inner work is so important you know and that's why I 1000% believe in the core wound healing program that I provide because when we address our core wounds it's not that life becomes a picnic you know all our problems don't go away the world doesn't suddenly change all of those things are still going to be there that that, there that were there before but we respond to them differently and we make different choices and that's ultimately what the core wound healing program is about is about assisting you in making better choices Um, moving forwards so um, the third thing then that I will sometimes bring up in session is that sometimes anxiety isn't us sometimes what's happening is we're picking up on an energy that isn't our energy so sometimes it can be you've been around a funky atmosphere like you've been around people that are really negative or you've been in a place that's very depressing Uh, Maybe you were in, you know, we have our top sort of list of toxic places like hospitals, graveyards, um, churches, hotels, um, you know, all of these places, police stations, like they have a lot of trapped energy in them and trapped emotions. And sometimes we pass through these places and if we haven't got enough protection, if we don't have a daily practice, if we're not clearing ourselves, if we're very sensitive, we can pick up on stuff that really isn't ours and so sometimes the anxiety is a really strong indicator that you are not that your energy field isn't clean that you've picked up something that isn't yours because ultimately when we're in alignment and we are in alignment with our highest selves then you know we're in alignment with love we're in alignment with our highest selves therefore we're in alignment with you know the highest that we can be which is our most loving and generous and kind and joyful and funny and you know all of those things and if we're not feeling those things it could be because we've picked up an energy that isn't ours. And that's why a clearing practice is so important. And again, I will bring that up in sessions time and time again. Make sure you have a daily clearing practice. Whatever that is, make sure that you have it in place. And in the bespoke sessions, this is what we do. We create um, something very unique to each client that they then becomes their clearing practice. So sometimes the anxiety is actually that, that you're picking up someone else's anxiety or that you've picked up an energy or an entity of some kind. Sometimes the anxiety is also a really good indicator of other energy coming at you. This can be attack energy, like psychic attack. Um, I've talked about this in other podcasts, but you know the shaman very much believe. That everything is energy, so if you have a thought form that is an attack thought form on someone, it's like you've taken a dart or an arrow or a bullet or something and tried to hurt that person. It doesn't matter that you thought about it, it's the same thing, you might as well have just done it. And we live in a world of envy and competition and jealousy and all of this stuff, and with the explosion of social media it means that we're so open to prying eyes that not all of them are loving And so sometimes when we feel that level of anxiety and it feels kind of overwhelming, it's because there's someone or a group of people that's maybe thought bad thoughts about us or is thinking bad thoughts about us. And that's another sign that we need to up our clearings and we need to up our protection and we need to up our self-care. So those are the main kind of SOS tips that I have for anxiety. Another really good thing to do is journaling. It's really useful to write down what you're feeling, why you're feeling it, what your fears are, and to just kind of get them out there. It's also really useful to see a trained professional, a counsellor or a therapist and talk it through. Um, You know, I think that anything that assists you in coming down off that ledge is really important. I would never advise that you self-medicate using drugs or alcohol, although lots of people do that to try and calm down their nerves. But there are other ways that you can you know, calm your nerves down with a a nice chamomile tea or certain foods that are very calming or certain music frequencies that are very calming or flower essences. And these are all things that obviously, when you're working with a practitioner, you can explore with them. I don't feel that anxiety is something that we need to be ashamed of. I think the more that we talk about it, the more understanding there is. You know, if people were able to ring into work and say, um... I'm sorry I can't come in today because I'm having a panic attack or you know I'm having a really anxious time. Please can I have the day off for self-care? We would have a workforce that was far more efficient that was far happier. Um I was at a meeting the other day for something and a rather young girl came in um after me and she 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 was late. She'd basically missed her appointment and she came in Um, and you you honestly wouldn't have thought there was anything wrong with her. Like, she was pretty relaxed when she came in and the the woman behind the desk said, you've missed your appointment because you're late, but we'll try and fit you in. And, um, you know, have a glass of water and sit down. So she went and sat down and she was a, a little bit kind of out of breath, but it was quite a warm day and I didn't really think anything of it. And about 10 minutes later, I suddenly thought I heard someone crying and I looked across and she was slumped over the table in floods of tears and the woman behind the desk came over to her and said, are you okay, you know, what's happened? And, uh, you know, is is something wrong? And she just blurted out, you know, I, I got lost and I couldn't find my way here. And she was distraught. She was absolutely distraught that she w- had got lost to find her appointment and she was late for her appointment. And now, you know, um, probably she was having a whole kind of fear scenario of what that was going to mean and how it would a- affect her chances um, in this meeting and the, 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 the woman behind the desk was amazing and she you know, gave her a glass of water and reassured her and gave her time to calm herself down but it was really um, poignant to notice how people carry their anxiety because when she walked into the room I wouldn't have known that she was anxious I don't think anyone would have known that she was anxious she actually seemed quite aloof and in those sort of 10 minutes that she had to kind of unwind that's when her anxiety came out And I think we often make assumptions about what anxiety means, that, you know, someone's running around pulling their hair out. But actually, people can often contain their anxiety in lots of different ways. And so I feel that the more we talk about it, and the more we talk about how anxiety affects us and those around us, the more we kind of um, burst these myths. You know, we we pop these bubbles that are untruths, and we start to have more... um, authentic conversations that allow healing to happen so I don't often share much about my own personal journey it's very rare that I do it in sessions and when I do it's because there's 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 usually a need for my story to be heard and those of you that have listened to the podcast will know that I share the odd thing but I don't really share all that much about my life for various reasons but um because I've been hearing this quite a lot recently, I just wanted to put this out there to anyone that is experiencing or has experienced anxiety self harm panic attacks, so that you know that you're not alone that it happens to the best of us <laughs> and we 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 all are the best of us, you know like we sometimes have this idea that if someone's a healer or if they i don't know host a podcast that somehow they're better than us in some way they they've never experienced what we've experienced but I put this out there to say that it happens to all of us, um, and it happens to the best versions of us. You know, it 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 happens to um, the best versions of all of us, and it doesn't lessen. Uh, it doesn't lessen who we are. It doesn't. It isn't anything we need to be ashamed of. It isn't, isn't anything we really need to apologize for. So I hope that this has helped some of you anyone out there feeling this, experiencing this at this time, um, if, if there's something that you want to share in an email to me, please feel free to do that. If you feel that the healing work might assist you, then please drop me an email, amber at sacredspacehealing.org. I mean, the thing that turned my life around was yoga and meditation, but definitely healing work. I mean, those are like my cornerstones and always have been, um, for managing anxiety. So that's what I kind of espouse, but, um, there are other ways as well. Or oh, The website, again, is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Wherever you are on your journey, I wish you much joy, love, abundance, peace, and love. Double love. Until the next time, so it is and so it shall be.